Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 204 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today is a special episode, one concept that we have not yet done as an episode. I am sharing a client's journey. So we are going to be talking with Ann Pinchak, who is a MS warrior, multiple sclerosis I'm speaking to. And she has learned about food as medicine inspired by Dr. Terry Walls. And her and I have been working together. I've been her primary functional medicine practitioner since 2013. So she's going to come on and share about her progress, her journey, some of the tweaks and adjustments she's made along the way, and some aha realizations that have gotten her to a point of being lesion-free per her last brain MRI, and also not managed on medication, but only on nutritional supplements and food as medicine in the world of her autoimmune conditions. So cannot wait to share Anne and her beautiful journey with you on today's episode. Anne is such a bright light and it's going to be such a fun conversation. And I've loved just kind of seeing her journey from the periphery and and watching her progress. Before we dive into today's episode, we want to let you guys know that our next round of our Food as Medicine Ketosis program will be kicking off on September 9th. So as of today, when this episode airs, we're starting our 10-day countdown and we'll be counting it down with testimonials from folks who've gone through the program in the past. This program will be a little bit different because I, Becky, am going to be on maternity leave. So um, it will be an archived program, which means that it will be pre-recorded classes for the six classes that are taught bi-weekly, but Allie will still be live moderating the Facebook group and keeping up with all of the questions, and she will also be providing two live Q&As throughout the class so that as you go through the materials, you can keep your questions handy and ask away during those Q&As. So it'll be a little bit looser format. We'll also be taking 20% off. So a really, really fantastic value because you still get all of the lab and supplement discounts. You still get to pick Allie's brain. You still get the same high level functional medicine information and you can go through it at your own pace. So we'll see how this one goes because that's been a big request, honestly, throughout the program is can't we just have it all at once? Yes, most definitely. So when you enroll in this round of the 12-week virtual food as medicine program, all of the six hour and a half classes will be loaded in your dashboard. However, we will still support a kind of fluid I guess, flow, if you will, a fluid flow (laughs) or just a progression over the 12 weeks with timestamp released uh, email support. So you will get an email after what would be week one, class one on the ninth, and then every other week going forward. And as Becky said, you actually get a little bit more because you're going to get an additional two hours that will be offered live for this group's paid participants only. And that's where we'll really troubleshoot. So I will be doing one after class three and one at the end to ensure that we all are empowered and in the action mode of our journey. So definitely take advantage. This is the most affordable option that we have of our 12-week food as medicine virtual keto class at 20% off. The discount is already adjusted at the item. So when you purchase it, you will be already saving. And we can't wait to help to support your journey in our program. This will be the last one that we will hold in 2020. All right. And before we dive into today's episode and read Anne's bio, let's just have a quick word from our opening sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals. 
Yes, you all know that we are big fans of CBD or cannabidiol as an anti-inflammatory and anti-anxiety tool. The body has an entire endocannabinoid system, which interacts with our central nervous system as well as our enteric nervous system. So our brain and spine, as well as our gut access, are greatly influenced by our endocannabinoid response. And the body actually naturally produces cannabidiol or CBD. In fact, it's seen in increased levels in breast milk because it can help, we've seen in research with babies suck as well as intake and their growth and immune function. So CBD is all the rage right now and there's so many different products on the market. It can be difficult to determine which one is quality and even if you're getting a dosage that is effective enough to yield clinical outcomes. So over at Santa Cruz Medicinals, they provide a challenge of using 100 milligrams of CBD a day and to see how you feel after a week. All of their products are keto, paleo, gluten-free, and lab-tested. So their lab tests are looking at the extraction, ensuring that there is not residue of glyphosate or other neurological things that we'll see in our you know, plant fertilizers and other toxins we can see in the agricultural community. And their products are also tested for the potency. So similar to our guidelines of our Naturally Nourished Supplement line. Uh, definitely big fans of Santa Cruz Medicinals. If you go over to scmedicinals.com, you can check out all of their products available. And you can use the code Allie Miller RD at checkout. Allie Miller RD at checkout will save you 15% and give you free shipping on any order. So we highly encourage you to check out scmedicinals.com, put an Allie Miller RD at checkout to save. And we think that you may be finding yourself sleeping deeper and feeling much more stress free. Yes, I've been loving that my bottle actually lasts a long time at that more potent dose for sure. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read Anne's bio and then we'll get her on the podcast. Anne is a nutritional therapy practitioner, a certified Walls health coach, and a licensed facilitator with the More to Life program. As an NTP and health coach, she uses a foundational holistic approach to assess nutritional deficiencies and support others to follow a nutrient-dense diet and active balanced lifestyle. As a licensed facilitator, she helps people to find their life's meaning and purpose. In 2003, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which set her on a journey of physical, spiritual, and emotional healing. Prior to her diagnosis, she practiced immigration and civil rights law. She has two adult sons and two young grandchildren. So welcome, Anne. We are so excited to have you on here, and you're actually our first client on the show as a guest, so I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and just kick off with how you learned about Allie, what resonated with her approach, and how long you guys have been working together. Well, I first saw and met Allie about seven years ago. It was the fall of 2013, and it was at a food is medicine lecture dinner with Monica Pope at her restaurant in Houston, Tafia. And Allie, as the food came, she would talk about the healing powers of different food and give us an explanation and how our bodies worked. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> Awesome. I wasn't sure if it was one of Monica's dinners or the farmer's market, but I know then we would see each other frequenting. And that was the same time that I had my farmer's market booth where each week I would share a different unique produce item like sunchokes and talk about a particular element like the inulin process in there and how that supports prebiotics and the microbiome. So I would do this tabling where half of the newsletter would be on a produce item and then the other half would be a functional medicine approach. And then I know, Anne, you also came out to our Food is Medicine at the Farm. I think both events that we did in Houston as well. I did. That was awesome. It was a combination of farmers, of cooking. Of, I remember you had lost your voice at one of them. Oh, yeah. And so you still pushed through, but it was great because um, I have just a love of farming and growing my own food. And it was not far from my house. And 
the, you brought in all kinds of different groups to show about how you can grow your food, what it looks like, and how that heals your body. Yes, most definitely. So a big part of our work together is in maintaining remission of your MS diagnosis and working to halt the progression and in some areas even seeing improvements. Uh, Let's first start with the history of your diagnosis and uh, what health complications you experienced, you know, going back 20 years and then kind of catching up listeners to where you're at today. Let's just start a little bit with your journey and then we'll, we'll kind of go a little bit more micro level <laughs> on some of the okay. tweaks and adjustments you've done. But let's first just kind of talk about the diagnosis and history. Okay. Well, when I was in my 20s, I was working as a legal services civil rights lawyer in East Texas and a lot of stress, a lot of um, battling legal battles. And I... Um, lost vision in my eye twice for a month. I had uh, optic uh, neuritis and the doctor at the time said, don't worry about it, you know, just get rest, could be MS, but at the time there were no treatments and um, did an MRI, it didn't show anything. So I went about my life and uh, over 20 years, I'd have these weird symptoms. I'd have digestion problems, fatigue, heat sensitivity, and I'd talk to the doctors about it, and they would say, oh, it's nothing, or they'd go down the wrong path. And when I was 46, I was really, really stressed. I had a busy life as an immigration attorney, a large firm, a lot of overhead, two active sons. My diet was not particularly very good, and that's when MS hit with a vengeance. I was on a vacation with my family in Colorado, and we were uh, climbing up a hill, and I was turning around to go down. It was sort of a mountain, and I couldn't move, and so I came down and um, just had so many symptoms, flashes of lights, pain, Uh, and got an MRI and a spinal tap, and they both showed that it was MS. And I was so driven and so nutty at the time that the doctor said, okay, you've had this spinal tap, you have to lie on your back flat for a day. And I was like, thank God I can be still and lie on my back. (laughs) So, so, probably should have told me something. And so um, the lab trends uh, uh, were, were not good over the years. And so that was, that was uh, how it started. And that was my big shock when uh, they said MS. And so that really started a whole new journey for me. Wow. And with the optic neuritis, did they just do, do you recall, did they just do like a steroid or was there no treatment at that time? And what was the discussion and prognosis? You know, where, where were you at, I guess, emotionally? And also what did you feel your options were at that time when, when you were truly diagnosed with the MS? Well, back in my twenties, um, really kind neurologist, um, said he had looked at studies between, there was only, the only option would have been steroids. And he said he'd looked at studies and it showed that those who didn't have the steroids did better than those that did. So I didn't have them. When I was 46 uh, and I got the actual, di- and, I, and so over the years I was terrified. You know, he said it could be MS, it might not, there's no treatment, we don't want to mess up your, um, you know, we just, we don't know. So uh, I was scared, often just terrified when I'd get this crippling fatigue and I'd tell doctors, you know, I had this optic neuritis and I could have MS, but they they sort of never pursued that. And so then at 46, um, when it hit with such a vengeance and I had so much pressure in my life, I had not been smart the way uh, you were, Allie, to downsize uh, and you know, reduce staff. And so I, um, the, and the doctors at that time wanted to do um, medication, uh, do uh, both medication and steroids. So I was, it was so weird. I was like on the cover of uh, uh, 
Houston Business Journal, and I had this IV port, um, and I had to wear long sleeves because so, they were giving me uh, IV steroids. And boy, talk about emotional state. I was wow. Yeah, it was just really weird. And then uh, they started me on the immune modifying drugs, and I continued to progress and just got uh, worse and worse. Uh, went from uh, Copaxin, Avonex, Tysabri, and uh, none of them really were slowing anything down. And so it's really lucky I had listened to um, a, I was searching the internet for anything. And I found Dr. Terry Walls, who believed in, herself had MS, she's a physician, and believed in diet and lifestyle changes to heal. So I started following her and that's really when a shift started. And I remember when we first met, uh, you knew who she was. And I was yes. like, oh my gosh, wow. So that was the beginning of, of my healing journey. And I think that you mentioned uh, that was preceding. So she had her TED talk out, but that was before Wall's protocol had been published. I believe we were already working together when that book came out. Right. If I'm not mistaken, right? And so she, yeah, it was all kind of new. And, and it's funny because Dr. Walls uh, is in Iowa City, and that's where I did my undergrad, Hawkeyes, <laughs> University of Iowa. So it was funny because I remember we had just started working together, and you gave me a copy of that book. I still have it on my shelf here. And uh, I was laughing. I said, oh, she's at Prairie Lights. That's the bookstore that I used to always go to. <laughs> I thought it was just kind of a small, a small world and cool synergy. I know. that's It's just so cool. And that you know, it just clicked. And the cool thing about it was you both had similar things. And it was so um, integrative because she would say, find a functional medicine practitioner and you appeared. And um, I did follow the book uh, when I was first diagnosed, she had Minding My Mitochondria, but she came out with the Walls Protocol in that book afterwards, but it fit. You and she said the same things. You and she were on similar paths with your clients. And so I was able to dive into the diet uh, and have the tests to back it up. And it's just works synergetic, synergistically. It's so incredible. And um, mm -hmm. I definitely want to talk about kind of the progression of, of you know, symptoms and capabilities and um, how things have shifted. But let's also within that talk about, and kind of the evolution of your diet. So the Walls Protocol, I know is a more kind of Walls Paleo approach. And I know nowadays you're kind of on a more keto train. So let's talk about kind of from that aha moment that, oh, I can have some power in this and can shift things in my life. Um, how did your diet evolve? Okay. Well, my diet started with just basics, um, not having gluten or, or dairy because that um, really, the uh, gluten can really aggravate the MS and, and bring it on in, in certain sensitive people. And so I also always emphasized um, fruits and vegetables, uh, mostly, and over time that evolved, but it started out with um, three cups of leafy greens, three deeply colored vegetables cups, three cups of sulfur vegetables, and then slowly I would add things. Over time, I added uh, fermented vegetables. I added seaweed and algae. I added organ meat. I um, started really soaking my grains and nuts. Um, and then over time, I, I really eliminated all grains. And so that's been the, the evolution of the process. And it's been, I'm really passionate about it because it makes such a difference. And it's so different to put nutritious food in my body that I can see as living as opposed to dead processed foods that make me sick. And they did. They used to make me sick. Right. And I know even working together with our work with the MRT test, let's talk about that a little bit because 
that opens up this whole world of the MRT test for listeners, again, is that inflammatory foods panel. So, you know, like Anna is saying, and I think a beautiful part of this process is she had this protocol and this approach of the importance of phytocompounds or plant-based antioxidants. And then, you know, some featured focuses that Dr. Walls does and, and hers and mine very overlap with our functional medicine approach of the microbiome supporting foods, the sulfur for phase two detox and organs for nutrient richness and mitochondrial support. Uh, but even in these constructs or these kind of segments of food as medicine, there is still the individualized influence. And that's where, when we're talking about autoimmune disease, the immune system is like the surveillance system of the body. And so we're always trying to understand with someone that has an autoimmune condition, what is that individual's lighter fluid? Once you've kind of taken the first layer of a whole foods diet and you've removed the primary inflammatory compounds, now we want to kind of fine tooth comb. And this is where that individualized N equals one approach really is influential for, for really big picture outcomes. Uh, let's talk about maybe your experience with MRT and some of the trends and aha moments, because I know that there's been some really dynamic feedback that you've noticed from some of the reactive ingredients. And we've seen some strong trends over the last five years that we've been running the panel. Yes. When I first ran that panel, I had many, many reds, which very reactive. I think over 11, Anne. I yeah. think you had like 13. Yeah. And then uh, yellows. I don't still have that old test, but uh, a lot of yellows. And then over time, what happens when you eat properly? And Ali's so right that everybody, it's a bio-individuality sort of thing. Everybody's different. Everybody has different genes. So to have one overall plan, it's great to have someone actually doing the testing. And that's how I fit it together. Uh, Dr. Walls gave me the framework and Allie did the testing to hone in. So with the MRT, when I would have, it tests reactivity to food. And when I would have foods that I reacted strongly to, and some of them would be weird. I mean, you know, you'd think they'd be healthy like beets. And, and if you eat the same thing a lot, your body's going to develop a reactivity to it. And so, you know, I think, oh, I need to detox. I need to eat beets. Who knew? Um, I know, certainly know about junk food and, and gluten, but so then I can eliminate it. And it's a process where uh, initially um, you take foods that you're not reactive to. So I took, I eat uh, the foods, the greens, the immunocomment foods, and my system is able to calm down. Then, uh, and luckily, uh, I'm in the middle of that now. Luckily, I can have bone broth, which uh, <laughs> sustains me. And then over time, um, you can slowly, as your system calms down, add in things you may react a little to. So after three months, I add the yellows and test them. And there's a very, very specific testing process that lets me know. And if I react to it, I just cut it out because I want my system to stay calm because food reactivity is a big part of the inflammation and a part of my autoimmune disease and in many autoimmune diseases. And then after six months, I can test a red. And over time, I see there's some that keep coming in as reds or yellows, and I just don't eat a lot of them um, because my body reacts to it. So it's been it's been a wonderful partnership and it's been a wonderful way to tap into my individual body and its needs. So along the way, it's like a map. Yeah. And as you're saying, I always, I often refer to the MRT test as a GPS of the body, if you will. <laughs> so I think a yes. map is a very appropriate uh, term there. And as Anne's mentioning, retesting, this is done more in a classic elimination diet, food reintroduction. So we run the blood test really just once a year. But as we progress, the body, like she said, kind of you wring out that inflammatory response so that 
you have more heightened awareness on what foods have moderate reactions. And so then you can honor that feedback direct from the body. So for Anne in particular, I know for instance, coffee, right, is one that has continued to visit you. And isn't that one that you notice dexterity issues with or like an excitatory neurological feedback? Immediately, I have had uh, trouble with uh, my hands, uh, neuropathy, and immediately when I drink coffee and unfortunately eat chocolate, I notice that I lose dexterity in my hands. And so unfortunately, that's out for a while and it, it may be out for a long while, we'll, we'll see. And in a sense, I think that's the dance of the uh, feeling empowered by that feedback of, wow, I know one plus two equals three, and this is something that I can directly control to not go down that road. And um, I think that the blood sugar connection was something that we really honed in on as well. So let's talk about that, and then we'll talk about some lab trends. Uh, let's talk about how your body responds with the progression of MS in, in your body specifically with blood sugar fluctuations and how you notice uh, various influence on energy, on uh, dexterity and neurological feedback when you're doing you know, different implementations of let's say maybe the time-restricted eating and also the blood sugar control. Okay. Well, it's a delicate balance because I am thin and I, I, yet I want to grow muscle and I want to heal. And I've noticed a huge, huge difference when I control my blood sugar and keep it low. There's been diabetes in my family. And so I'm very, very sensitive. So someone could eat, you know, a sweet potato and not have a big reaction, I do. So over time, when uh, Allie, for many, quite some time, had said, we need to lower your blood sugar, let's look at ketosis, and I, she teaches a great ketosis class, and I took that, and it really, really makes a difference. So when I, and I test my ketones and my glucose, and so when I am in ketosis, and the, a lovely spot for me is around 1.5 of, of ketones. I am clearer. I can move better. I have more energy. Um, I do uh, rotate, so I don't stay there. I will, over periods of time, let more carbs in. But it's so empowering to be able to say, okay, I'm feeling this way. And now I can tell if I'm in ketosis or not and how in I am or not. And so working with Allie, and it took me a long time to figure that out because you'll hear, oh, this food is really great for you. But if it's going to raise my blood sugar, you know, maybe not so great for me. So or maybe a why, different portion of it, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe a different portion of it. And so that's why working with Allie has been lovely because together she'll look at my food chart and say, hey, you know, what did eating all of this that day do to your blood sugar? And I go, uh. And uh, so I'm able to have a supportive, knowledgeable person guide me through what really works for my body. And that's been invaluable. And keeping a journal is invaluable to write down, okay, I ate this, what were my ketones? What was my uh, glucose level? And it's kind of cool. Yes, I love that. And I love that you're doing your homework and tracking your trends for sure. Um, let's talk about beyond just lowering carbs and, and getting that glucose glucose control via ketosis, um, how you've incorporated higher fat and um, how you've been able to tolerate higher fat and kind of work toward that. Okay. Well, one thing I learned is the importance of good fats and the problems with bad fats. So, and I never quite understood that, but over time I've, I've learned to understand it, that you know, you get rid of those horrible fats that are in clear bottles in the grocery store and are man-made, and you go back to what our ancestors really 
thrived on. So um, I've added some saturated fat, uh, ghee, lard, um, tallow, and I've also added anti-inflammatory fats like uh, flax and hemp oil, and I can tell a difference. And so with ketosis, you want to raise your fat level, and that uh, a good fat is coconut oil, and MCT is a lovely oil that you can add that will help get you in ketosis. And so I've monitored that and still not just raising fat, but still trying to get a lot of nutrient-dense food that has a lot of bang for the buck. So it's a real, and it's a lovely fit with both Allie and Dr. Walls that your body heals in ketosis. There's autophagy and your cells actually heal. But you, you're, if you have an autoimmune disease like me, you want to pack those nutrients in so your mitochondria are nourished and I can continue to heal. And my muscles can grow because I want to gain strength. And so that's, that's the dance I'm Dancing. Right. And then getting enough protein to feed the muscle mass yes. and <laughs> ba yes. balancing all the things. But I think fat is extremely therapeutic in the world of any neurological condition because we think of the myelin and the protective coating that, uh, you know, there's other antioxidants like alpha lipoic acid and uh, other compounds that play a role in protecting our myelin sheath. But eating a fat-fueled diet, I believe, is really one of the best ways to soothe a fiery neurological system. So if we're talking about Parkinson's disease, MS, and, and various pathologies in between, uh, the high fat can be really supportive. But the dance that I find with a lot of my clients in this world, and especially with MS, is often there's some pancreatic dysfunction. Uh, often with the neurological damage, there can be gastroparesis. And so we can have to, and I know we, me and you have done this, Anne, where we've had to play with the timing of our meals and the volume. It's a fine dance of getting all of the antioxidant phytocompounds but not stressing the digestive process so that it's burning out and it's getting fatigued from the breakdown. Uh, so we play with various forms of enzymes. So Anne's using both the digest aid enzyme in our line, as well as uh, you know pancreatic support of enzymes as a higher hit to really ensure that she's getting that lipase to absorb the lipids and um, the various compounds to help so that when the stomach, the food hits the stomach, that it's this perfect cauldron, essentially, <laughs> so that that can serve to assist her in breaking things down. And especially, again, when you're starting this, if you're a new listener that's looking to make this diet change, there is a progression to work with tolerance of your body. And I know that you know the whole system of motility, even including uh, bowel regularity can be impacted when we're talking about neurological health. So it's something to be mindful of. Right. That's also a really delicate dance and also playing with acid so that, you know, maybe drinking some apple cider vinegar before I eat, or we've added some supplements so that I digest the protein that I, my body so needs. Most definitely. Then maybe let's talk a little bit about um, within this progression, what trends you've seen both with symptoms and also maybe getting into some lab values. And I'm sure Allie's got some of those probably memorized at this point, or at least um, some of the trends. So let's talk about what you've seen in this journey of, you know, from starting the walls protocol to modifying to a more keto forward approach and, and kind of where you're at today. Okay. Well, it's so funny because it's been so lovely to see lab trends change. Um, before I started all this, and I'd had it for years, a high, uh, a positive ANA, which is a mark of inflammation. And I had a, a really high, um, I had a low, my C-reactive protein was off, which also indicates inflammation. My weight was low. My muscles were atrophying. I was like losing muscle. I had damage to my optic nerve, 
from the optic neuritis and my vision was getting worse. Um, because I didn't have enough diversity in my gut, um, because I wasn't eating the right things, uh, I had so much pain. I'd just be in physical pain when I ate and my hormones were really off. So because of years of stress and pushing myself beyond the limit, I had low cortisol and I'd get really stressed and have high uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine. My adrenals were just totally whacked. Menopause was very difficult for me. Um, and so now my C-reactive protein is lower. I mean, is, is uh, high. Um, lower, 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 right. lower. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was, it was always really elevated and, and the sed rate was elevated in our history as well, which is another marker of inflammation and last assessment, both of those were in ideal range. That's great. Yeah. And my, my ANA now is negative. Um, my A1C, which had been high, is now ranging between 5.2 and 5.4. Um, I don't have any new lesions with MRI scans. Um, and my, uh, I can eat more, I can enjoy eating. My hormones are normalizing. I had, um, and Allie, I don't know if you know, even I told you this, I had been to the eye doctor and um, about a year ago, and he said, you know, what is going on? He couldn't tell, my optic nerve was healing. He couldn't tell which eye had had the damage. And he said, what the heck are you doing? Because <laughs> Yeah, because my vision got better. And it's like, huh, 61 has MS. How is this happening? And I said, you know, I'm eating really, really well. I'm minding my stress levels and I'm exercising. And he said, oh my gosh, I wish everybody could do this. So my eyesight is better. And um, I just, I've gained weight. Uh, I've gained muscle mass. And, uh, I don't have the brain fog I did. I'm happier. I sleep better. My digestion is better. My, I'm more level mood-wise. I have more energy. I can be outside and garden, which I totally love. I can shower. And I used to have to rest and take a nap after I took a shower. And now I can take a shower and go on about my day. Um, I used, we've opened up my detox pathways. I used not to sweat which you'd think, oh, that's great. But now, <laughs> now I sweat and I have body odor and I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's coming out. <laughs> that's awesome. And the ANA I think is, is huge for listeners that don't know that stands for anti-nuclear antibodies. And I've talked about that to podcast listeners in response of my personal autoimmune journey. And basically when that's positive, that means that your body is attacking your own cells and there's DNA spilling into your bloodstream. And when that comes back negative, that's a very strong marker of a remissive state or essentially stating that the body is no longer attacking itself, which is basically the progression of autoimmune conditions. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really incredible. Cool. And then, cool. and then also I know, Anne, um, with the, well, you kind of mentioned in the light of the MRT results, starting with the most reds or the higher leaky gut, and then that, uh, reducing over time. And I know that we've also tracked that in your stool where we've seen markers like secretory IgA, uh, which is a big connection of the stress leaky gut connection to after our third stool test become normalized and optimized. And so I think there's been various worlds <laughs> and a huge, it's, it's so awesome hearing about your progression of improvement, um, like you said, which is really kind of against the clock <laughs> or against the, the, the norm. So I think it's really powerful. Before we take a mid-roll break, I just wanna ask you um, in the sense of, if you're defining for listeners, uh, what food as medicine is, um, what, how would you describe today what food as medicine is or what it means to you and maybe two focuses that you're currently working on to incorporate it into your lifestyle? Okay. Food as medicine to me is actually a spiritual thing. It's sacred. It's, it's, I 
know what's going into my body is going to nourish me. And so over time, and there's a wonderful community, uh, groundbreakers like you and Becky, and they're, they're so supportive. So two things I've done and I'm doing to incorporate is I'm still learning fermentation. I have had a few not so great um, <laughs> misses, but I'm fermenting my own vegetables. I'm making my own yogurt. I'm uh, going to the farmer's market, knowing my farmers so that what I put in my body, the animals were not stressed. And so that gives me more of the healthy fats that I need. And I'm continuing to make bone broth and try to eat it every day. I love that. And yes, we were just talking about your beet kvass, um, yeah, <laughs> little was, mishap the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It had some green growing in it and yep. I, I didn't eat it, but my partner Jack did and got so sick and I felt terrible. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> Poor guy. Sorry. It's just, yeah. you know, challenging his, uh, microbiome a little bit. <laughs> right. It did. Oh, so fun. Um, let's just take a quick word from our mid-roll sponsor for today's episode, Wild Foods. Yes, Wild Foods uses food as medicine and painstakingly sources the most quality pantry staples that you can find available from turmeric to medicinal mushrooms to their blends of teas, including matcha and beyond. Everything that they select is going to be of the highest quality and support small individual farms. They have partnered with us because we too believe that food is medicine and it all starts with best sourcing to provide listeners of the Naturally Nourished podcast 12% off their first order using the code AllieMillerRD at checkout. So when you go to wildfoods.co, that's .co, not .com, you will get 12% off your first order when you use the code AllieMillerRD. And in the constructs of MS, I think one of the important areas I'd want to focus on is their lion's mane mushroom, which is fantastic for neurological support. We see so many different clinical research studies using lion's mane as a nootropic and also as a neurological booster. So this is something to strongly consider. And they have some fantastic blends as well, including their cocotropic, which is a blend of raw maca, cacao, so getting a lot of antioxidants, getting some adaptogenic support from the maca. There's also turmeric in there and then chaga and reishi. So you're getting those adaptogens, the immune support, the brain boost, and also high amount of antioxidant. It's great as an alternate to coffee. It can be sipped on hot or cold, put into a smoothie, and is a fantastic way to boost your brain, enhance your immune support, and provide a rich source of antioxidants. Uh, go on over to wildfoods.co, check out many of our favorite pantry staples, including their matcha, and what are some other ones, Becky? The vanilla bean. Vanilla is fantastic, and I can't use vanilla extract anymore because now it just tastes like alcohol, alcohol to me. <laughs> um, so, you know, going from telling clients to put vanilla extract in their smoothies, I'm now like, mm, you might need a little bit of an upgrade to this vanilla bean powder. And you really don't need much at all to get that whole vanilla bean flavor. Um, I love their truffle salt too, which is a really fun addition. You can do it on eggs or you could do it on non-GMO popcorn or something like that. Yeah. That has that umami yes. flavor profile. <laughs> Definitely. Good on anything, I think, for sure. Kind of a truffle fan. All right. So go on over to wildfoods.co, put in the code AllieMillerRD at checkout, and you'll save 12% off your first order. All right. Shall we talk about stress a little bit here? Because I know, Anne, you mentioned um, that, you know, the progression really of, of your MS and, and those first kind of initial flares were in a time of really dynamic, high stress for you. And I know you and Allie kind of continue to explore that world and, and really who doesn't need to check their stress from time to time. Um, but what are some of the connections, I guess, that you've had with your flares and the information of your body's fight or flight mode? That they're absolutely connected. I have had flares when my stress is out of control 
And what I've come to realize is stress is a normal part of life. Often that if, you know, if we didn't stress our muscles, they wouldn't grow. And the key is how do you deal with it? How do you react to it? And I have tended uh, sometimes to overdo it. I got really excited about using neuromuscular stimulation and was stimulating my muscles and it, it just went overboard. It stressed my body. And um, luckily, Allie was doing neurohormone testing and she's like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> your yeah. adrenaline is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and what I think I might've done in the past was just totally give up on it. And what I've realized is it is helpful, but I can do it in moderation and I can build up to it. And I can, during those times, increase fat, increase protein. And so that was one of the examples of there's all kinds of stress, as Allie says, and Becky say, there's physical, there's emotional. And so exercise can be overdone and or underdone. So I'm trying to find that happy balance. And then the, the other thing that has been really huge stress-wise is that I found and have come to appreciate the importance of supportive people around me so that I feel like I've got a team. I've got Allie and Becky. I've got, uh, if I find a doctor that doesn't really appreciate increasing vegetables in your diet, I fire that doctor and I find somebody that's supportive. And yeah. it's, it's a team. And then the, the biggest thing has really been uh, my partner, Jack. Um, he eats the way I eat. He cooks uh, bone broth with me. He is so supportive. And I'm, I'm like, I made a disaster of a smoothie yesterday and it tasted like grass. I guess the kale was really bitter. And uh, I'm like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna wanna eat that. It's really, and uh, he drank it all. And I'm like, wow. And he appreciates it because he sees the changes in his body. So it, we, it, yeah. It's funny, Anne. We we kind of joked that we manifested Jack because yeah, we did. <laughs> because <laughs> I know for many years I'd been working with you, and I, I think it's important for listeners to hear this because we talk about you know in our twelve week keto program and maybe in some other episodes about like wolves and sheepskin or you know partners and supporters and you know, the, the various impact of emotional and um, dynamics of relationships. And when you're trying to make this complete 180 rehaul from what the standard American diet is, I believe it to be absolutely necessary for your partner or household members to be very supportive. And that doesn't mean that they have to suck down the nasty smoothies. <laughs> I think that's extra bonus points for Jack. Yeah. But, um, yeah. To, to at least be open and not stick their toe out to trip you up in your progress, to make sure they're not buying things that don't work for you, to make sure that, you know, there's, there's an understanding that we're all in this together. And I think that that's such a piece of the puzzle that's really important because otherwise we tend to overextend ourselves to try to um, connect with loved ones and family members. And, and if that's at our own detriment of our health, then that's not really anchoring a wellness relationship. Right. I so agree. I, one reason that I have had such a shift is there's no bad food in the house. If I have, and it's important for your partner to, to support you in that. If I have ice cream in the house, it will somehow just jump into my mouth. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so not having that, have, having someone eat the way I eat, not doesn't mean they have to do everything. They're certainly not going to go in ketosis. I just serve a few more carbs to him and take a few less for myself. But, and if he, whatever he does outside the house is his business, but to have that is huge. And I think that those people who have supportive people around them have much more success than those who don't. And a big part of that is, is the eating. Another big part is noticing small steps. He notices, he sees, oh my gosh, you're lifting up your, your foot or, oh my, and it makes me feel good. He believes in me. He, um, and that's, that's a big, big deal. And 
also putting, getting, you know, not having toxic people in your house that are going to, or in your life that are going to sabotage you because people can be well-meaning. They can say, Hey, eat this chocolate cake. And they, it's not that they mean harm, but I, that's, I want someone who, when I say that's going to really make me sick is going to say, Oh yeah, boy, we don't want that. Forget it. Right. I think respecting boundaries and that we've, we've used the scenario in our work and about, uh, building a house, um, and, you know, really kind of respecting the frame and even putting up the fence around the yard when needing to for, you know, energy barriers or also personal protection and just continuing to emphasize in a visual way, the input to the foundation and the frame. And I think that that's been a big piece of our puzzle. And I, I also was reflecting back. I remember back in whenever that was 2013, 2014, uh, and I would have you do these, do you remember, I would call them cassette tape downloads? Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's funny saying that because some of our listeners are like, what's a cassette tape? <laughs> <laughs> but um, where basically it's this concept of just like the, the um, subconscious and, and what are the thoughts that are inside of our head? Because I believe so strongly with my work with the anti-anxiety diet and also just in the way that I connect spirituality and emotional mental health with functional medicine, I believe so strongly in that nocebo effect or the fact that negative thoughts can harm the body. And I think that there's this entire process of, of proactive work to release and liberate negative thoughts and then also implement and layer in positivity. And maybe this is a good time for you to also talk about, I know we've done some work, but maybe also some of the work that you've done with the more to life and kind of your introspective movement, how you connect that into managing autoimmune disease. Yes, that's absolutely huge. And that was a huge shift for me. I, one of my main, a big part of healing is dealing with traumas and with shocks that come come into your life. And the More to Life program uh, is based upon uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and also uh, Viktor Frankl, who was in a concentration camp and studied why do some people live and why do some people thrive? And so it's about using tools to cope with, to first see, take a lot, take a shock, a trauma, look at what is really real, look at, as Ali says, what your mind is saying, what that is making up is really causing more damage than the event itself. The event is just an event. And then uh, feeling the emotions, because we bottle them up. If we just skip to, I'm not going to have ne negative emotions and I'm going to go to positive self-talk, it's fake. You look at what is true. What what can you verify that is really true? Not, oh, you know, I'm not walking really well today, and I'm just going to end up, you know, catastrophizing in bed and and uh, incapable of, of functioning. But hey, I'm having a bad day. Some days you have bad days. Some days you have good days. And wait a minute. Allie's run those tests and I'm getting better and I am strong. I'm vibrant. I'm worthy. I am. And then it becomes a spiritual thing. And then you look at, okay, how do I take this thing that I don't like and how do I learn from it? So what is my pain today teaching me? Maybe I need to stretch. Maybe I need to uh, exercise a little bit. Maybe I need to take a break and meditate. And then what is my higher purpose? What can I contribute to the world? And so that's been really, I think, one of the biggest parts of my journey to grow spiritually, to not be driven saying, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, but to be purpose-led, to be in balance, to be positive. And it's so cool because then these things start coming into your life more. I, you know, I have uh, Allie and, and she introduced me to the whole um, ketosis uh, 
KetoCon world, and they're so positive. And I continue to take classes with More to Life, which is wonderful, and now they're online. And it's been, uh, I became a facilitator with them to help people find their purpose. And there are people who are way ahead of me in the program, and it's an international program, and it's just been part of my spiritual journey. And again, just like Terry Walls fit lovely with, in a lovely way with Allie, more to life and Allie, many of the same things that I hear with Dr. Walls and her journey with Allie and her path from the beginning. It can be as simple as don't shit on yourself. Yep. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Yeah. That's an alleyism. So, yeah. Don't shit all over yourself, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's been great. And Allie has been right there with me from the beginning with, okay, put in what, what is this you can say that's true. And it makes a huge difference. And it's so funny because there were days I was really down and I would turn on in the morning this podcast and listen to it as I got out of bed and think, oh my God, Allie and Becky are just so positive. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm learning things to help my body and learning is a big thing for me. I love it. And, and it's so, um, it, it's energizing. And so after listening to the podcast, I go, okay, I'm going to get out of bed and I can do this. And so to me, it's such a gift to actually be on the podcast. I never dreamed I'd do that, but it played a big part in my healing. I love that. And I love how you're integrating, you know, kind of all of these different parts and, and, you know, seeing that the healing journey is not one size fits all, or we just have to adjust food. There's a lot more to it. Um, let's talk about how all of this, Anne, has inspired your personal path and your work within the NTP program as of recent. Sure. I wanted to learn more. And um, Dr. Walls had mentioned the NTP program. It's Nutritional Therapy Association. And it's a uh, almost year-long course that you dive into learning about blood sugar and fat and hydration and the mechanisms of how that works in your body so that healthy fats can be anti-inflammatory and why sometimes medication can be counterproductive. And so I, I learned, I, I, and that actually helped me in my journey and then uh, became a Walls Health Coach, which was more about coaching people because it's hard to do these things. Your body, we're wired to want to eat salty, uh, junky um, sugars and the food industry can make foods that get you addicted. And so how do you coach someone through that process? And um, then that, that helped me a lot heal and helped me continue my journey. And now I really want and then with more to life, the spirituality. And so my goal is to help create an epidemic of health and co-create with others who are doing it that I admire and um, see where that leads. I love that so much. And I think that every stride of your journey is this kind of layering, you know, beautiful, both on both ends. And it's like the unfurling, right? The like unlayering of the onion of allowing positivity and in your inner spirit to shine, which creates this radiating connection of, you know, this shimmery light that cools your nervous system and mellows everything out. But also this progression of layering on tools and artillery and muscle mass, and it's a really cool juxtaposition. And I'm I'm so proud of all of the work that you've put in, and and truly honored to be a part of your process. Oh, thanks, and I I just thank you both so much. Your spirits are lovely, and it's so fun to see you let us into your lives, <laughs> and you're, and that's that's a gift. 
Thank you. Uh, let's, before we go, let you go, Anne, um, I want to give you the opportunity to share anything else you'd like to add, uh, resources or such. We'll, of course, link the More to Life. We're going to link um, all of Dr. Wall's books uh, and the NTP, well, the Nutrition Therapy Association, if people want to learn more there. Um, anything else that you'd like to add? And then if not, um, also, what would be maybe one or two wellness tips that you would leave listeners with that you think could really have an impact to a listener in need at this time? Okay, thanks. Well, I think those are all great resources and they certainly have helped me and they could hopefully help someone else. Um, I'm going to be having small groups that um, we share and we support each other in our wellness journey. And so anyone can, if they're interested, just email me at annpinchak at gmail.com and we'll see what fits. And uh, so that's coming. I guess wellness tips, I would say find your purpose and meaning. What gets your heart to skip a beat? Have, as we talked about, a really good, strong support system. Ultimately know you, you in standing in who you are and in your eye can say, no, I'm not having that in the house or no, I'm not. So it's a two-way street. You want others who support it, but you also have to be strong in you. And then if you, it can be very tempting to cheat to, and uh, sorry, Allie hates cheat. A a mindful, a mindful indulgence. Yes. And the, the, and a mindful indulgence periodically, um, is, you know, as long as it's not something that's really going to hurt you. But the thing about it is I used to emotionally eat. So I remember times when it'd be an exhausting day and I'd just get a whole thing of ice cream and I'd just eat it and, and I'd continue and then I'd wake up sore. And what I've learned is that with autoimmune disease that you can, and with MS, you have a flare up and then make it back to a certain level, but it's, there's, uh, you over time get worse and worse and it's uh, epitope spreading so that you don't get back to the level that you are. So what I would say is it's an exciting new way of life. And if you stick to it, it really, really pays off. There are ups and downs, but the downs can teach you. Most definitely. And, and I think that that's one of the beautiful things that I always share about autoimmune conditions is you have a signaling system that is more sensitive than others. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you uh, can take it for what it's worth, but in some sense, I find it as a blessing when, you know, it's a, it's a way for my body to easily tell me when I'm over pushing or when I'm not listening or I'm not balancing that, as you mentioned without saying the term allostatic load, right? Or that stress threshold. Uh, and it, it's a constant recalibration of as we layer, what do we subtract? And how do we, as I love to say, bubble wrap <laughs> and be proactive in our protection with targeted nutrients, or maybe we adjust the diet during a period of time of stress. But we, we understand all of these various micro levers, if you will, to listen to that feedback of our body versus overdrive it. And I think that that's the constant delicate balance with autoimmune disease is that we need to start to respect and honor that feedback because many of us got here by being type A overdrivers. And, and that's part of the reason why the body freaks out and, and you know, goes into auto attack mode. Right, right. And in a way, sometimes I think I'm a little bit uh, and Dr. Wallace talks about this too, a little bit like the canary in the coal mine. A lot of that stuff isn't good for anybody, a lot of the junk, but I will react. And it's sort of like with Jack, um, he, the way he's eating, it's really changed not only my body, but his body. So um, monitoring stress and, and following all the things and positivity um, really helps me, but other people too. I love that. Uh, this has been such a fun episode and, and um, so fun getting to know a little bit more about your story. Let's leave listeners with your 24-hour recall, Anne, because I always love when I talk to you and Jack and you guys tell me what you've been eating. Um, so what did you eat yesterday was Sunday from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed? Okay. 
the um, I am in an immunocom section of the MRT. Oh, that's so right. So that makes it a little different. different. <laughs> so um, I had ribus tea with ghee when I got up for fat. Um, I had a smoothie uh, in the late morning with bok choy, kale, celery, cardamom, and collagen powder. Um, no wonder Jack had trouble getting that down. Um, and leftover brisket. I made a pudding with soaked flax seeds and a few berries and flax oil and had two, uh, about a tablespoon of cashews. And for dinner, I had lamb chops cooked in ghee with kale chips and broccoli. So normally I'd have more color and uh, a little more, a wider, uh, not quite that strict, but, but that was that and it was healthy. I think that's more adventurous than most, (laughs) even in the immunocalm window. So I think beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Anne, for joining us today. I think that you are going to be such an inspiration to a lot of our audience. Um, Your progress and your outcomes, I mean, hearing the results of your last MRI and knowing that you're medication-free managing MS with food as medicine and all the lifestyle support that we've, we've noted is really, I think, such a strong source of inspiration. So thank you for sharing your journey. And uh, we look forward to staying connected, of course, ongoing throughout the process. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.